good to see everyone. Um, church Wednesday night, back here in the house of the Lord. Next Sunday morning service, next Sunday night. Um, no. No, it won't be. Because it's not the second Sunday. Amen. We'll see. We'll see. Amen. But second and fourth Sundays are prayer, and this is, this is, uh, amen. That's got an extra week somewhere in here because of the long month. Matthew 13 and 8. Matthew 13 and 8. Amen. Everyone who helped out yesterday, uh, thank you. Sorry for the short notice, uh, but I, I hear that everything worked out well. So, Amen. Thank you, Sierra, for, for uh, uh, managing that and spearheading it, taking care of it. Amen. Amen. I, I was pretty busy. She would ask, what do you think, Pastor? Yes. Just get, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Matthew 13 and 8. I've got a lot of Bible reading today, but I won't make you stand for it all. Amen. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Amen. John chapter 2 and verse 7. <clears throat> John chapter 2. And verse 7, and Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. They filled them up to the brim. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. John 15 and 1 says, I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it. There we go that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me ye shall do nothing. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 and 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Amen? Hallelujah. It's that time of year where we begin to start thinking about planting and growing. What's going to be in our garden? Are we going to plant some more trees, some more bushes? What are we going to do? I was looking out in our front yard thinking, you know, I wonder if there's enough room to plant two more maple trees. You know, just to, just to have two more. That's just thought. <clears throat> but it's that time of year where you begin to think about it. What am I going to grow? Seeds are amazing. Seeds are amazing. Remember when Mount St. Helens erupted? And they said that that would be barren. Barren for, for a very long time. 
And like the next spring, little, little plants started to grow. And, and they didn't understand how in the world could little plants all just so quickly after it had erupted. And it turned out that there are certain seeds that were, <clears throat> that were preserved in, in like sap that only germinate after a certain amount of heat is applied to them. And so when the heat from Mount St. Helens melted the sap and, and, and awoke the seeds, they began to grow. They wouldn't have grown except for the eruption. They wouldn't have grown. They'd still be there today, sitting dead in the ground, just waiting for the volcano to erupt. Pretty amazing when you think about it. Pretty amazing. If you, truly, if you want to be amazed at, at what the scientists said it would look like, when it erupted and what it looks like today, uh, you're, you're, it's just amazing how God has planned it all out. It really is. <clears throat> Seeds are amazing. Like we said, some germinate by fire. Some germinate only, not, not when they're in, in moist soil, but some will only germinate if they are immersed in water. Immersed in water, else they won't germinate. Many need Darkness. Many seeds need um, frigid temperatures, like winter, in order to germinate because the shell is so hard that it needs to get water in that shell a little, and then the water freezes, expands, cracks the shell, and then the seed germinates in the spring. Pretty amazing how God did this all. And you know what's in a seed? Genetically, a seed is it's, it's a clone. It's a copy of the plant that it came from. You don't, you, you don't take an apple tree, and, uh, and I've told this story before. We had an old apple tree in our neighbor's yard, and, we, and it, it had uh, rotted out in the center. And so uh, we had taken an apple off the tree and put it in that soil in the big hole in the center of it, and by golly, if a tree didn't start growing in the midst of that apple tree, a tree started to grow in the midst of the tree. It was pretty cool. I wish back then we had taken pictures of it just to, to, to see what it looked like. But I'm sure there's stuff out there. Uh, <clears throat> it's amazing that, that a seed, it actually contains an embryo and a food store. It's amazing. The plant, the flower, the tree is actually inside the seed. It's actually inside the seed, but it's dead. In Adam, we all die. We all die. Jesus used this thought. So I'm trying to plant a seed in your mind. Amen, so you can understand what I'm going to be preaching today. He used this thought when he said, abide in me. We need to abide in Jesus rather than in Adam. Because in Adam, Adam became a tree of the knowledge of good and evil because he partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> and so the seed from the tree was planted inside of Adam, and that seed grew into, it grew in his life, and that seed inside of Adam produced fruit through him to spread the diseased existence to all others. And so in all others... We have sin. We have the nature of sin because that seed was planted in Adam and it grew into a tree inside of Adam. 
And so all of us have that seed that grows into a tree. But in Christ, we're made alive. In Christ, there's a new seed. In Christ, there's a new life. He is the tree of life. Amen. We need the tree of life in our lives. And so by being born again through the birth of the incorruptible seed, we have new life. 1 Peter 1 and 23 now, for you have been born again, not of seed of perishable, but of imperishable. That is, through the living and enduring word of God. So we have this imperishable seed that is now in us. Now, what that is referring to is, is the seed that's in us from Adam is a perishable seed. It's going to end in death. The tree, the final tree of the seed from Adam is the tree of death. You know, you, you think about it that way because the tree from Christ is the tree of life, eternal life. The tree of, of Adam is death and eternal death. We will die eternally. Uh, the word death in the old Hebrew uh, uh, belief, death wasn't the, the, the uh, stopping of the heart or, or uh, of brain activity, death uh, in, in Hebrew belief was the separation of your soul from your body. The moment your soul separated from your body, you are considered dead. Spiritual death is the separation of your soul from God. That's the spiritual death, when we are separated from God. But Jesus Christ and the seed he's planted in us gives us eternal life. We will never die. Amen. We will live eternally as long as we are in Christ. And so a new tree begins to grow inside of us when we're filled with the Holy Ghost. A new tree begins to grow inside of us as we exercise our faith, as we plant seeds of faith and, and, and righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. And it's powerful. Uh, Brother Beatty was talking about it yesterday in the minister's conference, that, that, that the seeds that we plant... They grow. They grow. Amen. If I have a problem with Brother Leroy and I tell Brielle about it, it's growing. I've just planted a seed. It's the same way. Amen. If I let everyone know how much I love them, you know, I just love Brother John and I'm telling Leroy. I love Leroy as I'm telling Delos. All of a sudden, Delos loves Leroy. I planted a seed. You see, the ground doesn't have the power to do anything, really, except give nutrition to the seed. The ground doesn't have the decision, you're going to be an apple, you're going to be an oak, right? You're, you're, you're going to be a cedar. All the ground does is give nutrition to the seed that's already there. So what we've got to do is we've got to be careful what seeds we plant in our garden. We've got to be careful what we're putting in our heart. We've got to be careful what we're allowing to get into our lives. Because church, what we allow in our lives, it's going to grow. Whatever it is. And what seeds we plant in other people's lives, it's going to grow. So we've got to be careful. What kind of seed? Romans 6 and 21. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, 
I'm reading from the New American Standard Update. Romans 6 and 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. That word free, it comes from the Greek word eleotheros, eleotheros. And it means unrestrained. It means exempt from. So think of it this way. <clears throat> Let me finish reading, then I'll go back to this. You were free in regards to righteousness. Therefore, what benefit were you then deriving from the things of which you are now ashamed? What benefit did you have about those things in your life that you're ashamed of? For the ultimate, I mean, I'm preaching this morning, church. For the ultimate outcome of those things, I'm, I'm quoting scripture. The ultimate outcome of those things is death, is what the Bible says. It is the final tree of the seeds that you plant in your life if those seeds are not godly. It is death. <clears throat> so again, going back to the word free, eleotheros, unrestrained, exempt from. We are free in regards to righteousness. That does not mean, that doesn't mean that we aren't going to be judged by whether we live righteously or not. That means that we aren't bound to righteousness in a good way, church. I'm talking about a good way. I mean, I was thinking about how, how can I relay this in a way that you will grasp it and you won't forget it. And I came up with this thought. We are not restrained by the Swahili language. Does anyone here know Swahili? We're not restrained by it. It, it doesn't bind us. They must have, you know, laws or rules like we have, right? I before E except after C. They must have stuff like that. But it doesn't bind us because we're not Swahili. <clears throat> I, I, I want it. I have something on my heart. I want to get it right. I want, I want you to recognize what I'm saying. Uh, I, I was raised in a lily white town, a lily white town, but there was a missionary there. I believe he was free Methodist and he would adopt children from like the inner city. And so in the midst of our town, we had, we had children, uh, we had uh, uh, children who were African-American. It never even occurred to us that they were different because they weren't. Never, they weren't. They were Windsorites. They were part of us. And, and you know, I remember, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is the story that goes with it. There was a Halloween where, where kids were going around town and, and one of the boys was wearing a, 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 you know, a sheet to be a ghost and you could see his hands. And, and, and the other kids you know, we're trying to guess who each other were, and, and, and they, weren't, they weren't guessing who he was. You know, who is it? You know, when it was obvious to the parents who it was, 
But, but to the kids, oh, he's just, it's, you know, who is it? Oh, it's Billy. Hey, oh my. And so uh, as he grew up, they, there, there, there was a bunch of guys who went to Binghamton, and uh, they, they were at a bar. I heard the story, not from him, but from, from an older brother, one of my best friends. And they got in a fight with some of the boys from Binghamton. And, uh, and this boy from Windsor was, you know, fighting with the Windsorites. And it was confusing the kids from Binghamton because he didn't look like a Windsorite. You with me? But his environment, his environment made him who he was. So, so if Brother Mike, a, you know, a, a European, was born and raised, let's say his dad was a missionary to Swahili, and, and Brother Mike was born as a Swahili person, it would not matter what color he was. would not matter what his ancestry was. It wouldn't matter. Because the seeds of Swahili would be planted in Mike from the day he was born. The people would speak to him in their language. It would be his language. He would eat their food and he would love it. He would eat our food and he would think it was gross. Amen. It wouldn't matter whether he was black, white, red, yellow, brown. It wouldn't matter because his environment would dictate who he would become. Church, I know what I'm preaching. I just, I don't know if y'all are getting it. You've got to get this. You don't have the power to choose the type of seed. You don't. You, to, let me re-say it. You don't have the power to choose what the seed's going to be. You have the power to open the door to what seeds you're going to allow in. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, yellow, red, green. It doesn't matter. If you allow the door of the Swahili environment to be part of your life, you will become Swahili. You will. You'll speak their language. You'll know everything about it. You won't even have a clue what I before E except after C means. Regardless of, of what color you are, regardless of where you came from. Amen. Church, we've got to make sure that wherever we're at in this moment, because we can't go back and we can't go forward, wherever we're at in this moment, that we begin to open a door in our lives that allows the godly seeds in. And the ungodly seeds out. We've got to do something, amen, to allow godliness to begin to grow in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The tree inside the seed, the seed of sin is death. All the experiences of a sinful life lead in the end to death. Right? Sin, uh, uh, what's the scripture? You know, pleasurable for a season. If it wasn't, not everyone would be doing it. But in the end, it brings death. But Romans 6 and 22 says, But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, now we're bound to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification in the outcome eternal life. For the wages, 
Now that word in Greek is, is opsoni, opsoni. And it means, it really was a simple, sometimes Greek, you know, we get about 60% of what the Greek word actually means in English. This one was simple. It, it, it meant the ration of a soldier. That's all it meant. The ration of a soldier. So the, the wages, the ration of a soldier, the pay for what you did of sin is death. Right? For the wages of sin is death. But the free life, in other words, something you didn't work for, but you got anyways. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. New American Standard. This new seed, this new uh, um, fruit that grows in our lives grows towards holiness and ultimately eternal life. Ultimately eternal life. Uh, in, in the soil, to simplify it, the soil that is our lives can only bear two trees. We're, we're the in-between. We're the in-between. You got the... You got the tree, right? Boy, I'm preaching. Boy, I am preaching. This is good stuff. You got the tree of life, and you got the tree of death. That's really it, right? That's it. And we're neither one. We're just soil. And what we allow, what seeds we allow to be planted inside of us will determine our outcome. Either we are going to be a garden, a, a, a field full of trees of life or trees of death. We are the soil that bears the tree. We repeat to this world whichever tree whose seed we receive. What seeds do you receive in life? Because earth can be either blessed or cursed, depending upon the crop that it produces. We are either going to bless our neighborhood or we're going to curse it. We're going to bless our church or we're going to curse it. Amen. We're going to bless our family or we're going to curse it based on the seeds that we allow in our lives. In Jesus' name. As I've been studying for this and thinking about this, I've been reading... I was reading my Bible yesterday. I, I read, uh, uh, boy, I can't remember what the app is now. One verse? U version. Anyone use U version? So I'm going to Rochester yesterday, and I'm a couple days behind on U version. So uh, U version has a audible ver has an audible option where I I go through a plan called Robert Roberts. And it goes through the Old Testament once in a year and New Testament twice in a year if you just follow it every day. And so I, I, I didn't know that Robert Roberts, when you were listening to the audio, it will read the whole plan. So it'll read, like right now I'm in 2 Samuel, Jeremiah, and the book of Romans. So I clicked on, you know, the day that I was behind, and it read all four verse, all four chapters. It was really sweet. But one of the things that it read was the story of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, when Absalom tried to take over the kingdom, uh, you, you, I've preached on him probably more uh, than almost any Old Testament character. 
So uh, Mephibosheth was the one who's allowed to sit at David's table, although he was lame. Remember? Priest it. Amen. He was under the table of the king, so you couldn't even see that he was lame. I mean, there is a million sermons in this story alone. Well, when, when Absalom tries to take over the kingdom, Mephibosheth's uh, helper lies to him and says, I'm going to go get the donkey, but he doesn't. So Mephibosheth can't be with David as David's fleeing. In the end, Absalom's defeated. David comes back into the castle, into the castle, into, the, into his, you know, uh, house, and there's Mephibosheth, and David says, where were you? Why weren't you with me? He thought he would be. Uh, in church, I, I, you know me, I started to weep right here. Now, I'm, I'm weeping because, because I know the story behind this. Mephibosheth is, is Jonathan, David's best friend's son or grandson. I think it's the son. And so I'm already in my mind, I'm thinking about what David is thinking. You know, I loved your dad or granddad. I, I loved him. The, the love that we had for each other. I mean, the Bible says it exceeded the love of a woman. And that's not a sexual term at all. They were, they were best friends. And, uh, and Mephibosheth says, you know, oh, king, let your servant speak. You know, I, I wanted to go with you, but, but my servant deceived me, you know. And, and that's all he says. He doesn't give a big, long excuse and and oh, how great you are. He just says, you know, David, do with me what you will. If you feel like I was at fault, then, then, then put me to death because others who had deceived David were being put to death, perhaps. And, uh, and, and he said, do with me what you will. And David says, I'll give you land. And he gives him land instead of, instead of judging and cursing him. All because of the attitude that Mephibosheth, you know, portrayed. He, he had this attitude of repentance and this attitude of, you're the king. I'm, I'm just soil. And, and I just want the seeds of peace and righteousness. I want the seeds of, of holiness to be in me. Amen. But you, king, in the end, you decide. You decide. Because we're only vessels. We're not capable of producing seeds. We only produce what's been planted inside of us. Church, you're not your own boss. You never have been. Amen. You are dictated to by the life that you live, by the choices you make, by what you allow to come into your heart. Amen. We all are. That's why we've got scriptures like, oh, search me, oh God. See if there be any wicked way in me. Cleanse me from all my sins. Amen. Why? Because I want to make sure I got the right seeds. Hallelujah. So Luke 8 talks about the parable of the sower and the seed. Amen. The seed can have no obstruction in its growth. Right? Thorns, thistles, stones, shallowness. They hinder the seed of the word of God from growing. Amen. So they're explained as cares of this world, other concerns, shallowness, having no faith in the word, hardness and uh, an impotent heart. We need to give room to the Holy Ghost. We need to give room to the Holy Ghost. The Lord gave me this understanding of the candle, of the candle lately. Kind of funny. 
So picture this big room, and, uh, and it's dark. And in the middle of the room, there's a, a bright candle. There's a bright candle. That is the spirit of man. Proverbs 20 and 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The candle doesn't have the power. The candle doesn't have the power to search the heart, to search the room. Only, only the light that the candle produces has that power to do that. These, we, we, we have a sconce that's out. It's been out for three weeks. I keep forgetting to buy light bulbs. It's my fault. If you, if you want to complain to somebody, don't go to everybody and complain about the sconce. You're just planting seeds. Come to me. Pastor, could you please buy a light bulb? <laughs> that sconce isn't broken. The light is. The bulb's broken. Right? We're just candles. But it's the light that we decide. Amen. I'm, I'm going to go deeper. It's the light that, 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 that is illuminating from the candle that lights the room. So when they were first filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, their candle was lit. But, but church, you can, right? Anyone ever go camping and you had the old gas lantern? Am I saying the gas, right? You could turn it up. You could turn it down. You could, you know, depending on how much oil you were allowing to go through the wick. But the lantern itself didn't have the power to light the room. It was, it was the fire that was lighting the room. And so when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, our candle is lit. But church, we have the ability to decide how bright the light's going to be. We have that power to say, I want this light to be brighter. Now, when I was a kid, we, I had a garden. And one of the first years that I planted the garden, I planted the corn over here. And I planted the carrots over here. I'll never forget it. And... Uh, Two things happened. I was lazy, and the corn began to grow. And so because I wasn't weeding the carrots and the corn was growing, two things happened. The corn blocked out the sun from shining on the carrots. And the weeds choked out the nutrition for the carrots. And so those carrots never grew. It was horrible. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. I was. I had a neighbor... Mr. Harborchuck, he was always winning gardening contests, and he would always come up and look at, look at my garden and say, you know, Johnny, he called me Johnny, Johnny, you need to work on this garden, you know? And, uh, you know, the, the greenhouse there behind, the big two, three-story greenhouse. And uh, so the next year, he said, this is what you need to do. You need to go down you know, about 20, 30 yards and plant the corn alone. And then you need to start weeding your carrots. It, and so I did it in church. The carrots filled the area that they were supposed to fill. I kept them weeded, kept the corn away from them. So what happens? I am preaching this morning. If you will receive what I'm saying, I'm telling you, church, it can be life-changing. It can change everything in our lives this morning. Amen. Two things will impede the light of God in our lives. Two things will. Number one, the shadows of the enemy. Because you can have all the light 
that you're trying to get. But if you allow seeds of hatred and seeds of discord and seeds of sin and seeds of unrighteousness to grow in the tree, to grow into trees in your garden, amen, church, what will happen is they, the sun, the light of God will shine, but they'll just cast shadows. And then the enemy hides in the shadows. He don't like light. He's darkness. And so we'll actually allow the enemy of our soul to enter into the garden of our lives and he'll hide behind shadows. And we'll say all day, I got God in my life. I got the light of God in my life. My candle's lit. And it might be. But we've got so many other things growing in our lives. God can't light our room. He can't light the room. And number two, church. When we allow the seeds of this world to grow in our lives, the seeds of godliness and righteousness, they're choked out. They're choked out. And it doesn't really matter whether they're shadows or not. They're not going to grow. And we become the product of what we planted. That first year, my garden was a joke. It was a joke because I allowed everything in it. Everything. When man's spirit is lit by the Holy Ghost, it becomes such a godly light, light in our lives. Psalms 18 and 28, For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Church, this is a prophecy. If you have your Bibles and you're writing stuff down, this is a prophecy of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lights our darkness. We talk about scripturally, you know, is the Holy Ghost, is, is it essential for salvation? And we believe it is scripturally. But church, it's deeper than that, if you can say that without offending somebody. It, the Holy Ghost lights the darkness of our lives. And without that light, church, the only trees that are going to grow are trees that lead to eternal death. We need eternal life growing. I need eternal life because, church, I want the light of my God to enlighten my darkness. Amen. Our lives are not being fulfilled without the baptism of the Holy Ghost because without it, we are in darkness. Uh, Candles can't light themselves. We need the light of God. Amen. We need the light of God. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it gives light unto all those that are in the house. Lord, show me the foreign objects in my life. Show them to me. God, that are, that are casting long shadows. Remember, church, the later the day, the longer the shadow. We are living in the end times. I'm telling you, the sun is setting in this world as we know it. And because it's setting, the shadows are longer. And so the enemy has more places to hide than he's ever had. Be careful. Be careful what you allow in your heart. Be careful what you allow in your lives. Lord, show me the foreign objects in my life that don't belong in my room. God, show me the the control that'll brighten the lamp. Amen. So the enemy cannot dwell in the shadows of my life. God, let me remove those foreign objects. Church, make room for the Holy Ghost. Make room for it. Amen. I'm glad we all had an Acts 2.38 experience, but it can't end there. 
It can't end there, right? Hallelujah. Peter was filled on the day of the on the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Ghost. It gave him boldness. He wasn't who he was before. Because the Holy Ghost shined a light. He was no longer denying the Lord. Amen. As in the day, the evening with the Sanhedrin court. Um, instead, you see Peter and, and uh, John going to the temple to pray. Amen. Heals a man. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise and walk. Jesus of Galilee. And so they were taken before the Sanhedrin's and the priest in question. By what authority did they have to heal this man at the temple? And they said, you know, you know the scripture. You know, with boldness, you know, Peter said, uh, uh, there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4 and 8. Then Peter filled the Holy Ghost said unto them, ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. I'm telling you, church, he's talking with authority here. He's a fisherman. Fisherman. Talking with authority. And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, church, the Bible says they marveled. This is amazing. Why do you think it's amazing? They've allowed a light in their lives that's grown into a tree. So you're not really seeing Peter and John anymore. You're seeing Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory, right? Is what Paul says. Acts 4 and 23, and being let go, they went to their own country company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said unto them. And the people prayed that Peter and John wouldn't be hindered, but would continue to preach through the threats. Now look how the Lord answered their prayers. Acts 4 and 29, grant unto thy servants that they will with all boldness preach the word of God, may speak thy word. Acts 4 and 31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. God, fill my garden with the Holy Ghost. Fill it. Lord, if there's any weeds that are choking out your spirit and your fruit... Help me, but pull them out. And God, if I'm planting church, you can't plant watermelon up here. It doesn't work. The season's too short. God, if I'm planting the wrong seeds in my life, open my eyes to what the right seeds are. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, if the lifestyle that I was raised in was, was an environment that allowed seeds of hatred and discord and sin to grow easily, Lord, help me to redo that soil. In Jesus' name, he's just not releasing me, church. One year, Mr. Harbachuk won when he won one of the gardening things. Um, the next year, he planted his garden 
and nothing grew. I'll never forget this. Nothing grew. And he was flabbergasted. He couldn't understand why. And so he had somebody come in and test the soil. And they tested, and the soil was filled with sodium. It was filled with it. And what had happened, they ended up arresting the guy. Mr. Harbachuk was a lawyer, and he was a, he was a defense lawyer. And he had defended somebody in court and had lost the case. Sister Bag, I don't know if I ever told you this story. Lost the case. And that person was so mad that in the night he had gone and he had put salt that you spread on your driveway. He had covered that garden with the salt. And so nothing grew that whole year. I'll never forget this. In the fall, Mr. Harbachuk brought in, hired somebody, and they brought one of those big machines in in church. He went down like five feet in that garden, and he took out all the soil. And we were like, oh, what's going on? And then he brought in the best soil he could find. And he filled that in in church that next year. He won that contest again. Amen. Church, if you have a soil that's been so contaminated by life, by circumstance, by situations, I'm telling you, we have the power through the Holy Ghost to just have him remove that soil. Just remove it, Lord. Hallelujah. Because I've got some seeds of righteousness and peace and joy that need to start growing. Amen. And I'm sick of the thorns and the thistles and the worldly cares, and how they choke your word. Amen. Lord, let the power, let the power of your spirit fill us. Help us to keep our minds on you. Amen, church. Amen. Keep your mind on Christ. Keep it on Christ. Amen. We mentioned it earlier, you version. If you're driving, amen, turn it on. Turn on your Bible. Listen to it. Open your Bible at home once in a while. Find some time to pray. Church, talk about Jesus at home. Talk about him. Jesus isn't just for church. Brother John and I were talking this morning. Uh, uh, you know, about in the, in the good old days. I'm not so sure they were good. But in, a, in the good old days where, uh, 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 where you really weren't expected to be able to live for God outside of these four walls. So you better be at church every service and you better be at prayer meeting and you better be at ladies meeting and men's prayer meeting and you better be everywhere and, and you better take vacation starting on Monday instead of Sunday and uh, you better be back by next Sunday because we know you can't live for God. Amen. Those six days, we know you can't. You, you got to be in church every Sunday. In church, I believe you should be in church every Sunday. I do. Every Sunday you can. But church, I also believe and. This is what we said. I think we, we've come to the agreement. I also believe that if you're on vacation and you're sitting on a beach, you can live for God there. You don't have to hang that up. You can live for God seven days a week. I can live for God at work. Amen. The loss you can live for God is you're laying concrete. You actually can. 
I can live for God at work. I can live for God in my vehicle. I can live for God at play. I can live for God. Amen. But it's all about what I allow in my garden. It's about the seeds that I allow to be planted in my garden. Because whatever I plant is what's going to grow. And so we plant godliness through prayer, through praise, through his word, through coming to church, through being, being together, for being unified. We plant these seeds in our lives, church. Make room for the Holy Ghost. Make room for it. Amen. Let's stand. Be not drunk with wine, we are in his excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto the Lord and God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Church, wine, it influences people to do sinful things. It does. The more you drink, am I, am I right? The more you drink, the more you're going to do things you're going to regret. I'm not sure how much, I'm not sure how much you're going to regret if you drink one. But if you drink two, it's going to be a little more than if you drank one. Right? If you drink three, if you drink four, if you drink seven, if you drink a dozen, you're going to really start to get into some regretful areas. You are. It's the same way in the Holy Ghost. The more we drink up of God and His things, in His life and His, His precepts, the more power we get. Hallelujah. There is a power of God that can be multiplied in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And that power, church, it can do so many things. We simply need to understand that we've got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Celine uh, Stenophla, Celine Stenophla, S-T-E-N-O-P-H-Y-L-L-A. We'll just call it the Celine. Is an Arctic flower that that grows in Siberia. They recently found, 2007 I believe was the year, they found three seeds in a, just that had been covered, and it, they were in permafrost. And these three seeds were in the midst of many seeds. And what they were is they say they were buried by Arctic ground squirrels. Science says that these seeds were 38,000 years old from carbon dating. 38,000 years old. I'm not going to get an argument with you about, about creation and, and what we believe. Are we, have we only been here six hours? I'm just telling you what science says. Science says 38,000 years old through carbon dating. Buried by these squirrels. But science was able to germinate. They found three seeds in this pile of seeds that were still good. 
and they were able to germinate these seeds in church today, there is a series of plants that are alive and thriving from a 38,000-year-old seed. That's powerful. We can never say it's too late. We can never say I've gone too far. We can never say there's too many weeds in my garden. We can never say the light's not bright enough. We can never say there's too many shadows being cast. Because when we do, we are saying God can't do it. When we do, we're saying God can't bring something back to life that was dead. Hallelujah. I need to realize as your pastor, amen, that church, we've been here 20 years. But it doesn't mean we can't have revival. It doesn't mean that. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we can become the most effective church in the Northeast. Hallelujah. We can. But we've got to be unified. We've got to plant seeds of love, joy, peace, kindness. We've got to be selfless. Amen. We can't be self-promoting. We've got to promote Christ. Hallelujah, church. If it hadn't been for God. Where would we be? And I've got to let my neighbors know that. I've got to let my friends know that. I've got to let everyone know. Amen. He's the answer. He's the answer. Let's pray right now. These altars are open if you want to pray. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, search me, oh, God. Search me, God. See if there be any wicked way in me, Lord. He Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, Holy Ghost, Lord, light my lamp, light my lamp. Hallelujah. Oh, God, if my soil needs to be replaced, replace it. Jesus, remove the plants of weeds, remove the plants of sin and, hallelujah, selfishness, God. Hallelujah.